This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Okay, so I've just finished reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's why that comes to mind. This is Deadset Podcasting, completely unrelated to wacky sci-fi. This is a show about podcasting, which you probably already know. If this is your first time hearing the show, this is the weirdest intro the show's ever going to have. So fret not. I'm not sure where this is all coming from. Today is part two of a conversation I had with Norman T. Cheller from Podlovers Asia. Absolutely amazing guy. Today was probably what I thought was the most interesting part of our conversation. So I separated it into a separate episode. So it's concise but it's still super interesting and it's maybe something that if you're familiar with the majority of shows that talk about podcasting, you probably haven't heard these subjects talked about and if you have, probably not at the depth and with the honesty and just intelligence that Norm handles the subject of, for example, the Japanese podcast market, how their culture influences podcasting, what may or may not be true about a market such as Japan and also we talk about potentially producing shows in more than one language inside of the same podcasting architecture. So within the same show, how maybe you could approach, if you happen to be bilingual and you're speaking with bilingual guests and or you have multiple audiences, how you could approach maybe having episodes that are either in more than one language within the same episode or having transcripts of your own episodes in a different language that you're doing yourself or have a team do for you. So it's really interesting stuff. To support Deadset Podcasting, the show you're listening to, we don't take fish, but we do take coffees. So you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash deadsetpod and donate as little as $3, which is one coffee, and that helps keep this pirate ship afloating. Okay, this is Norm Cheller, deadsetpodcasting.com. Click on the Buy Me A Coffee button there or share an episode. And I know times are very tough. I'd never expect anyone to donate money to something when... You might not have much to spare, but what you do have if you've got time to listen to this is maybe enough time to share the show with someone else who makes a show. That would be bloody amazing. And yeah, just ignore the whole part about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I still don't know where that came from. Okay, let's do it. You're listening to Dead Set Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a show dedicated to podcasting in Australia, New Zealand and Southeast Asia. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. Key word in there, Norman, you've, I think you've knocked that out of the park, is familiar. And I've made the mistake in the past when I've done shows of thinking that people would care about me being out and about in the world doing different things. Like, I'm a celebrity checking in and that's why today I'm talking into my phone and next week I'm on more my broadcast equipment and the week later I'm you know on my NTG Rode voiceover microphone that it sounds different every week that listeners would care I don't think they you know they don't care at all I won't use any Australian expressions there that may describe that better but they don't care <laughs> in the slightest they just prefer that I sounded pretty much the same every week and that at least my side of the call is produced in the same way, that one week it's not boomy, over-compressed, multi-band hell, 
and the next week it sounds like I'm talking into a mobile, unless there's a really definitive reason why I would do that. Yeah, so we're probably going way off track there in the end, but I think (laughs) there's plenty to take away from that. So I don't want to keep Norm forever, and I am trying to steal more of his time in the future, which I'm going to work on via email (laughs) after today. So I just wanted to talk about the main point of today, and it's only taken 45 minutes to get there. That's probably 15 minutes quicker than my normal pace. (laughs) One thing I, I will say, one thing I love about your show, and this may be a cultural thing, and... Some of the most fun people that I've been around are people that their parents are Indian and they're just such healthy laughers. And I don't know if that's something throughout Asia in general, but you're such a generous laugher and some of your guests are heavy laughers. And sometimes I think when it shows that are meant to be quote unquote serious or informational, that people cut out a lot of the laughter or they, if a joke goes off on a tangent and you laugh it out, then you get back onto the point, that stuff just gets cut out. But I love hearing that stuff as the listener because you are obviously very articulate, but your processing norm in English is as quick as anyone I've heard speak on a podcast. You also seem to be pretty funny. But more than that, (laughs) you seem to love laughing. Have you ever thought about the fact that you maybe laugh more audibly than other podcasters or am I just, is that something that you feel is part of your your culture to laugh? I mean, it may not be. Lay that out for me. Am I misreading that or is that something you just want to leave in there? No, you're getting you're getting onto something there. Um, I wouldn't look at it as a cultural thing though. I would look at it as more a reflection of my character. Yeah. I started to notice that when I was building this show and I was interviewing people and you know when you check the different channels or different tracks for yourself and <laughs> and the other person... <laughs> And you would see, yeah, the, the staccatos, right? Like yeah, the little sticks. The laugh and, laughs. Yeah, the, yeah, the laughs. And I, I saw that it was so loud. I'm like, wow, I, did I laugh that hard? And I'm not sure if it's because of my plugins or whatever, but, you know, just hearing it untreated. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm laughing so hard. I laughed more than the guest while they're talking. Maybe if it's a joke and we both laugh at the same time, I can forgive that. But what if it's something offbeat that they've said and I'm laughing because I caught it? because I like that, I love that so much. When I'm listening to just the audio track itself, so without the video, in post, it would sound like I'm not really listening to what they're saying. This is what I was thinking at first. But then what I did instead was I wanted to keep the humane aspect of the conversation in. If I laugh at this part, I do want to keep it in. So I just reduced the volume of that laugh in itself and I just keep it in the background to let the listener know, oh yeah, I did catch it and I thought it was funny. And two, it's not a serious show because it never was meant to be a serious show. It's meant to be an informative show, but it doesn't have to be serious. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, thank you for 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 actually catching that because uh, no one has ever told, told me about the laughing bit because I've been thinking about it recently as well. Um, it's funny because I just started listening to Pod Lovers Asia maybe two weeks ago and I've listened to a fair bit of it. And... I just downloaded this book for an upcoming guest, Kristen Meinsner, and I'll have to go back and make sure I'm pronouncing her name correctly. That didn't come out right, but she's <laughs> got this phenomenal book called So You Want to Start a Podcast, but she's very steeped in public radio history, and she's just got this amazing accent to me, but she's been criticized for her accent. She's from Minnesota, I think, 
So it's a Minnesota meets New York public radio mix accent. She gets criticized for that a lot. But more than anything on her original podcast, she got criticized for laughing too much. And that's... Australian people don't take themselves all that seriously. You would know that norm, not like yep. some people from other English-speaking countries in the Western world do. We don't think that, you know, we don't think everything's important. But yep. laughing to me is one of the most joyous things to be around. And it's not just because I'm, was tr- you know, trying to do stand-up as a complete rookie. Hearing laughs is the greatest single thing ever <laughs> as a comedian. <laughs> and you cling on that and you, it's like it's like oxygen. But just day-to-day... Hearing people laugh can just lift your your spirits in general. It's just good to be around. And I do really like that he's leaving that in there because a lot of people would cut that out. And there might not be a real point to it. Just the fact you did it made me feel happy listening to it. So that's probably a victory in and of itself. But let's get back to my original point once again. I don't know if you (laughs) realise, but I'm the king of detours. And hopefully there's information in the detours or that's where the real stuff is. That's what I'm telling myself. I might be lying to myself, Norm, that the gold is in those detours. <laughs> that's for the no, audience. I, I, love, I love those detours. Yeah, I, 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 I get into them a lot myself in all maybe of my Maybe that's shows. why I maybe feel such an affinity for your show, because you, <laughs> you're doing what I would love to be able to do if I had, you know, if I was having those conversations. I think, ah, oh, you let that go. That's great, because we got somewhere we weren't expecting to get to, which is great. So here's the, the big question for today. We're now 51 yeah. minutes in. So that was six minutes of me talking. <laughs> so <laughs> what what does the Western podcast market, let's just call it that, what do we get wrong about where the Asian podcasting experience is at? Because I hear things, for example, there's a big voice in the space that quite often says that the Japanese won't start podcasting. It's not part what? of their, it's not part of their culture to be talking about themselves and about their own experience publicly. I'll I'll put it out there because he's mean it's public. It's Todd Cochran from Blueberry, who I actually think is a pretty funny dude. But oh, he said that okay. about his own wife. Uh, I wish I could remember her name. Sorry, uh, I can't remember <laughs> it. But he said that she would never start a podcast. But he generalized her lack of wanting to have a public persona or content out in the world as being generalizable to Japan in general. And you've lived there and you know about the Asian podcast market, of which Japan is, you know, one of the Asian countries, in case you're not real good with geography. It's a very prominent country globally too. So can you tell us if you do know anything about Japan, what you may happen to know, but also let's maybe use them as the example of maybe how people are looking at it potentially wrong. Because the way you reacted then, Norman, people might not have caught that on video, but I'll leave your reaction in the audio, is... No, that's BS. Japan podcast. <laughs> I I mean I'm I'll, I'll be polite and I wasn't gonna say that it's BS, but BS I, I can okay see that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's. But the thing is, I understand where Todd is coming from, and Todd is a great person to talk to because uh, I was actually on his show recently for Podcast Global, so we were just talking about like podcast globalization. So Todd is great. I see where he's coming from, because when we don't know enough about a market, the first thing we look for is second order observations, such as cultural nuances, behaviors, standard routine 
movements and or thinking processes of, of the people that we meet. And, you know, when you have someone that is close to you that comes from this country, it's it's only natural to create your own impression of said country or said culture through the lens of that person. And I, I can see how he came to the conclusion. I will have to disagree because as much as as Japanese people may not want to have such a large public persona because that creates disharmony, which is a huge cultural aspect that Japanese society really does encourage, or shall I say enforce, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> it's very difficult, or I, I wouldn't say difficult. It's not encouraged to stand out too much. I do have to agree there within Japanese culture. I forgot there was a Japanese proverb that something it goes along the lines of it, like the hammer strikes down on the nail that sticks out or something like that. It's yeah, okay. all to do with conformity. And I'm sure that we have an English equivalent uh, there. But the thing is, when it comes to podcasting, when you look at the different generations of people who are online creating content, there are more and more podcasters in in Japan. Granted, a lot of them are broadcast-based, like they're they're made by broadcast companies, but we are getting more and more independent podcasters. There is one popular podcaster in Japan who is not Japanese. He's, he's actually American, but he set the standard for independent podcasting in Japan, and he went up to like 8,000 USD a month in revenue or something like that, which is insane, like okay. really unheard of uh, in Japan. Uh, but he had to dial it down because it was a lot of stress on his work. But examples like these set the standard for other independent Japanese content creators to start their own shows. And we have so many Japanese YouTubers, Japanese bloggers, Japanese writers. They take two forms. One, they use their actual online persona, as in their actual full face and name and everything. And they create things that may not cause too much disharmony. And two, they have an alternative persona, an online persona with a nickname or something like that. And they can go beyond. They can create the weird and all. Um, so, in terms of podcasting, though. Sorry, Norm, are they, they pseudonymous? Is that the word? These yes, people? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I might have that's mispronounced right. that, but I'm pretty sure that's the word. So, yeah. so it's about creating some level of distance. Is it from their family or their employer or their social circle? Or is it all of those things? It's all of those things combined into one. Okay. So in yep. Japan, you have... You have the concept of uchi and soto. And what that means is the circles, the inner circles and the outer circles. And this is to do with traversing the border between both entities and making sure that you have an impression that doesn't really insult, threaten, or disrupt the harmony between the both of them. Examples of uchi can mean me and my family. I can have my inner thoughts and I can share it with my family because I'm close to them. But how I am perceived outside to the rest of society in public could be completely different or I play it safe. Yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah. This is all good stuff I'm super fascinated with, (laughs) particularly Japan, because I've I've always wanted to spend a lot of time there. So uh, we could probably go right down that particular avenue there. But So we're talking about a really prominent and first world sort of Wealthy country, first world, maybe an inappropriate term, but let's just say Japan for a long time was almost viewed by a lot of the Western world as being the future <laughs> in a way. Hmm. And we're talking, and let's go maybe to let's just say they're countries that aren't Japan. So, 
one thing I've always thought about Japan was a lot of the podcasters that get talked to in the, the wealthier Asian countries are expats from English-speaking yes. countries, whereas you've made the – like what I love most about Pod Lovers Asia was the fact that these aren't expats for the most part that I listen to anyway. I have to admit, Norm, I knew our conversation was coming up. I had to basically – someone from India, someone from Malaysia, someone from – Thailand, just pick one and one and one, and it just some yeah. a few of the people ended up being expats. But I'm assuming that places like Nepal are they mostly shows that are happening in their own language. They're not just expat people from English speaking countries that happen to be based there that are making shows. Yeah, uh, it's mostly in their languages. I'm in the middle of actually trying to contact a few Nepalese podcasters who are doing these shows in their own languages, whether it's for something very culturally specific, whatever the issue may be. And not only in Nepal, it could be in India as well, because there's a huge market there. How many different languages and so many different podcast networks. But yes, a lot of these shows are localized. They focus very firstly on the language itself. And second of all, they focus on things that are only relevant to the listeners around them. And their definition of a show or a successful show is what can I talk about that fits the people around me in what language? And then it goes like there. Um, yeah, the expat thing has always been a personal thing uh, for me. I because tell by the look on your face. You're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I hear what you're saying. Not that they yeah, don't have I, I interesting don't have... stories. It's just surely yeah. there's more people in that area that aren't just – and I think it's for a lot of people that reach out to them, they're like, that's going to be easier because I know they're going to be fluent to start with. And they're probably going to have equipment and an understanding of bandwidth and Wi-Fi and all these things because they're podcasters that have come from the US or Australia or wherever, and now they're based somewhere else. It's not going to be an extra complication because of language barriers or anything. So to me, it's just lazy. <laughs> like, get some, That's what I loved about your show. I didn't know what I was going to get into going in. But let me ask you this about languages before we finish up, Norm. If you wanted to, say, just do a show about Japan, and it wasn't Pod Lovers Asia, it was Pod Lovers Japan, would you have chosen, do you think, to do that in Japanese, or would you have done that in English still? Because obviously, as we went back to you going in with English because you're speaking with people throughout the whole of Asia, and English is just the technology to communicate you said you were fluent in Japanese earlier. I don't know if that made the recording, but I think it did. Would you do a show about Japan just in Japanese? Yeah, Let's just I would. use Japan as the example, or would you do that in English still? Sure. So, Potlivers Asia itself is meant to put you or give you a lens into Asia's podcasting market. So, if I were to make Potlivers Japan, my immediate resident audience would be Japanese listeners. I would have to put it in Japanese. What I will do, though, is that either in the show notes or anything beyond, that would be translated into English for those who are that curious that they would go all the way to translate and actually, you know, bother to listen to a show in a foreign language. Um, <laughs> yeah. But have you thought I, that's of, actually... Have you thought about doing some of these interviews in non-English languages? And then maybe have, doing an uh, interview with the same person in English if they're bilingual. Oh, so, okay. That's interesting. 
I know we're uh, spitballing. I, We've been talking for more than an hour, and I feel <laughs> like I'm getting to know Norm better now. So, yeah, have you have you thought about doing two interviews with the same person? I've thought about a compromise between that actually, because if I do a bilingual two part episode where it's with the same person, one in English and one in Japanese, the question for there is who is it who is it serving? Because yeah. are you going to do a repeat of part one, which is in English in Japanese? just so that Japanese listeners get access to it? Or are you only serving bilingual listeners? So that's, that's a, little bit too, a little bit too narrow uh, in, in my point of view. What I would do instead would be, uh, would have a, a Japanese interview, but an English episode. So excerpts of the Japanese conversation, and then in between, I would translate it that uh, over time. That is pretty cool. But the way that I would record it would be I would have a third person who's actually an interpreter. Okay. I, I, I won't be able to do my level of interviewing or articulating that well in Japanese because I didn't really study podcasting in Japanese yes. when I was in Tokyo. And obviously, so, it's not just about being able to speak the language. It's being able to host a program yes. in that language. They're not One's a language technology and the other one is a skill that you're building yeah. within the platform or the content itself. So. That makes complete sense. That's a way better idea. So you would basically be having the conversation via the interpreter in this case in Japanese and then maybe cutting to an English-only explanation just featuring yourself as like a little monologue to explain what just happened. Yeah. You know, or in, addition, ex- yeah. in addition to that, it will probably be there will be a bonus episode for those who are Japanese listeners who want to listen to the full thing I would have that as a bonus in addition to the show. I mean, unless we're sticking to Polyverse Japan, then obviously it'll be its own episode. But if we're talking about Polyverse Asia and I'm, I want to do a bonus where it's done in a different language, the main episode would be a translated interpretation or perspective of the conversation. And the bonus episode would be the whole thing in Japanese. And I'll try to do my best to limit the editing. And that way, those who do want to listen to the full conversation can get more of the nuances because they can better understand it more than, say, my efforts in trying to transpose that to an English-speaking audience. Yeah, that's brilliant. So just one last quick one, Norm, if you've got time. The Has there been anything coming up in Season 3 with any of the guests that you've spoken to that was entirely unique or does anything pop to mind that was really unique about the people you're speaking to that that thing they're speaking of only happened because they're from that country or they speak that particular language? Does any? Because I'm assuming you said you've got Series 3 coming out. Has that been produced? You've done those interviews or am I jumping the gun there a little bit? It's in the middle of outreach at the moment. Oh, but I've had some, yeah, I've had some conversations to prep for a few of the episodes and some interesting observations include data that you can only get if you are there. So a lot of like focus group discussions, okay. uh, particularly in the Philippines. Uh, I'm seeing a few a few different perspectives on a market that I never would have thought of because I started reaching out to other writers or bloggers who are also interested in the podcasting market. And they're doing it in their own way. Like I'm doing mine through a podcast, they're doing it via their own articles or their own reports, etc. So it's nice to see that we have agreements and disagreements there. So when I'm reaching out to them, 
I always point out what I don't agree with. And that sets the spark for conversation. But yeah, uh, probably the most interesting thing would be it, when I was contacting them, it was about what they've done and the data behind it. And we're going to talk about the results on the show. Oh, actually, actually, that just gave me a, a thought. I had one episode that well, I could not release in season two. Okay, let's do and it. I want to hear I it. wish. I'm rubbing my I hands wish, now for the listener. I want to hear this. I <laughs> wish I could. I, I really wanted to publish it so, so much. And it's it's aggravating that I have the... Oh, I don't, I don't even have the recording because I wasn't allowed to record. It turned into just a normal chat because I was actually denied the ability to record it. So... Okay. Uh, not not to name a company because I, I'm not sure how bad it will be, but this was in an East Asian country with probably the most interesting statistic on listenership rates, ranking top three in the world. And there is only one international podcasting company that has tapped into this country. This is a country that has been podcasting since 2005, and I didn't even know that. So that's like a year after the first podcast was created. Oh, yeah, four. So early, which is, early. <laughs> yeah, which is full on. And due to some, shall I say, legal reasons? Yeah, I guess I could say that. That's a pretty safe way to put it. Due to some legalities, we had to protect the conversation. It, it was out of my control. It wasn't anything to do with my show or anything. It's just that it was really bad timing on their end when I wanted to talk, do an art. Uh, to the conversation. So I was unable to record it because it could have been liable for something greater. Yeah, um, okay. so, so it just turned into a conversation where I was just talking with the team. And that, that talk turned into a one-hour masterclass on what is happening in that country, from the companies being involved to how do people pod, listen to podcasts, what are the different shows, what are the different business practices, and, and an overview of foreign companies trying to tap into the market. It is the most mind-blowing conversation I've ever had in a very, very long time, and I can't release it. Like, how pissed would you be <laughs> if you had an amazing show, like an amazing footage that you just could not release? It's, it's, it's annoying. And I really wanted to make, like, I don't know, an article or something like that out of it. But then I'd just be, not, not to be crass or anything, but I'd just be pulling stuff out of my ass by just vomiting all of this uh, info out and not have a source for it. It's it's really annoying. But anyway, yeah, I want to, for season three, I want to relive that conversation again. I really want to like restart that because I think they're in a better place now or they are more available to have that conversation. And yeah, I'll let you know when, which one I'm talking about uh, once it's done. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, hopefully we can talk about that in the future when you get that done. So Norman T. Cheller from Pod Lovers Asia, at Pod Lovers Asia on Twitter. So not real hard to figure out <laughs> that it, Website, Twitter, both the same thing. Thank you, sir. It's been a real pleasure. And yeah, I love the show, but also it's just really great meeting people and you actually like them more. Because I have had the experience in the past back when I first started podcasting, these people that I liked or I listened to, I'd get them on the record. And I'd be like, eh, I met them and it kind of <laughs> takes the shine off them a little bit because they're not particularly fun or nice people <laughs> when you get them on the recording. But yeah, so... Hopefully you can come back on Dead Set Podcast again in the future when we've got a little bit more localised news to this part of the world. And yeah, everyone, just go out and check out Pod Lovers Asia. It's really worth listening to. And as I said, for me, I've been listening to podcasts since I think 2000, 
eight and 2010 regularly, like a power listener for over 10 years and obviously making shows for eight or nine of those years. It's the most I've had my mind open to what podcasting is globally for a very long time. So well done and thank you. And yeah, hopefully we can get you on in the future and talk a little bit more. I'm very intrigued about what you're talking about, Norman. So you've just (laughs) done the ultimate Todd Cochran there. Todd's a big, I can't tell you, but I'm going to tell you sort of person, but then doesn't tell you. I think that's how, <laughs> why people keep coming back to the new media show every week. They're waiting for him just to spill the beans a little bit. <laughs> so Yeah, I know he's a great guy. And yeah, uh, thank you for having me on the show. And yeah, let's, let's do another episode another time. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, mate. Right, I'll see you later. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.